I've been looking forward to share some of this for a while now. The introduction to church. Why do we come to church? What is church? What's it all about? Do you know what? The word church isn't in the Old Testament. Right? There's no such thing as church in the Old Testament. What it says was there was um, our faith, our Christianity, is a fulfilment of Judaism. Mm-hmm. Well, I could be saying that wrong in one sense to people who are uh, into Judaism, but Jesus is the fulfilment of Judaism. Now, Christ is what we're about because we're Christians. And in the book of Acts it says that the first time when Christians were called Christians, but that means a little Christ. And Christ isn't Jesus' surname. My name is Sid Forster. His name is Jesus the Christ. It's who he is. It means Messiah, anointed one. So Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one. We're Christians. Little Christ. But in actual fact, the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is in you when you receive Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. The same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus when he walked as a man in his life is in you. Poke the person on your, on, on one of your sides and say, Jesus is in you, you know. <laughs> the Jews used to meet into a place called the synagogue. And, and, and it's in that place, or a temple, potentially, where all the scrolls were, where they read it out and followed all the, the, the requirements of the law, the traditions that had been written in, in the Torah. The first five books of the Bible are called the Torah, the books of the law. Mm-hmm. And most of the Pharisees and Sadducees of the day knew the first five books of the Bible verbatim, word for word. It was a requirement. <clears throat> but most are the church. It comes out in the New Covenant when Jesus talked about the church, he said he was going to build his church. And it came from the people who were the followers of Jesus, the disciples of Jesus, where they met together. The followers of the way is another word that was linked to what we do in the New Testament. And several of the letters in the New Testament were written to the church that meets in Antioch, the church that meets in Ephesus or Colossus. But the church is about us coming together to do what we're doing right now. There's a bit of grey and um, confusion a little bit because today there are lots of people trying to get the early church pattern and that kind of puts 
um, the Christians meeting together in houses, going from house to house, breaking bread, sharing and the, the, the apostles' teachings and doctrines, and praying for one another and caring for one another. That they would bring money. I mean, a bit like we've given up in the, today. But this is, you know, they'd sell their houses and bring the money in. They'd sell the cattle and bring the money. They, they, they'd just get what they think they might need and bring it into the pot and then share it out. Some people still, still do that in some of the areas in, you know, I don't know, Africa and areas like that where there's a massive need. But it's not quite like that here where we are. Although we do sow and care more than most churches as I understand it. Especially for our size, which I'm really proud of, you know, the work we do. <clears throat> so church wasn't even considered. It was a synagogue that was brought together. Yes, in Psalm 133 verses 1 to 3 it says this. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's such a case that we, dwell, we, we come together in unity. It's like precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing forevermore. It's really interesting because that is an, an Old Testament quotation about an anointing coming to people who are dwelling together in unity. Right? We haven't got to go to places in order to get an anointing. We haven't got to go the church is about a bunch of people who have been called out of darkness and into the light. In fact, church, the word church, comes from a Greek word called ecclesia. Ecclesia. And that means the called out ones. Happy Sabbath, I'm a called out one. And then say to the person next to it, you. What's that? That's right, Rachel. Can you see how personal this is? This is, we're a part of the called out ones. We're global. The church is a global body. We've lots of different idioms and schisms and stuff like that. People who think different and are different and see different. But God's the one who makes the judgment on the church as a whole. One of the other names in the, in the New Testament for the church is the body of Christ. We're all a part of the body here at home of the free church. 
It's a great reason why you need to set in a place of believers where you feel God's called you and where you feel that you're belonging. And the reason is because if you don't and you have a bad day, you can go off in a hut. It's like being married. When you're married, you have an argument, you can't just walk off and start something else somewhere else. Because you're married, you have to dig in deep and start figuring it out and working it through. Well, it's a bit like church. Because when you become a member of a body of people, then we're a living organism, not an organisation. We're not a movement. We're an organism that there's a body, like my body's got hundreds of parts to it to make it work. And some of the little parts that I find almost insignificant, or they don't get seen much, are really most valuable. For instance, my little toe. You can't see my little toe. But man, my walk is so imperative regarding my little toe. Things that are hidden so often become really, really important. And in church, you get to find out what you are within a body. What's your gift within a body? What you can do, great, uh, I live to serve your majesty. We're all called to serve his majesty. In whatever way and gift that he's given us. And we go to church to find out what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How can I help serve the body here at home of the free church? How can we collectively go and plunder hell and populate heaven? One of the most important reasons to come to a church is because you hear from God when you come. If it's John Stewart, me or anybody else, don't look at us so much. But if you're tuned in and you want to hear what God is trying to do in your life and you're asking him and praying about it, then God will use us and you can have ears to hear what God's saying to you for your direction, for your strength. I mean, this is the key place where you want to get your direction from. It's the key place in your prayer time, when you're reading, and even talking with believers. But we come to church and we get together where we can raise our hands and sing and let it out, shake our head and enjoy Jesus and shout when we want to. I mean, on the middle of the street, it's a bit dark. We've done it up for the Maypole before now, singing some songs, haven't we, John? Yeah. We, we've been laughing and falling on the floor, causing some problems up there. <laughs> I mean, they must have thought we were nuts. But we were Christians, enjoying Jesus, and it was a bit peculiar. Maybe. We have seen some 
extreme things in, in the time as we, as we believe. But we've got believing to see some great things happen here at Home of the Free. And for when you go to different places, for the concerts that you go to, and, and conferences that we want to urge you to go to, and, and, and just enjoy Jesus, enjoy believing, and understanding that we're the body of people. Walking on the earth, we've been called out for a reason, for a purpose. Called out for a reason and a purpose. It's got nothing to do with what I've written down here. It's all in. So, how do you become a member of a church? Go on, Beth. That's good. That's good. I think that's right. So, how did you become a member of the earth? We got born, didn't we? So we were born and inherited all that the, our inheritance did as human beings. Well, to become a member of a church or the church, we have to be born again. And we're born into Christian life. Jesus is Lord and Saviour. And then we determine how we're going to be like trees planted somewhere. I was at Millpool Old Church for about 14 or 15 years and loved it. And it was great, it was right for me to be planted there and learn lots and lots. And then it's where you, you shouldn't be someone until when you found somewhere where you should be, that should be great. But you shouldn't be dropping off at lots of different places. And what I'm saying to you is this. You've got a church where you believe God's put you, right? And then you can go to different places. Not instead of church or your home church. But as well as you can go and do that. That's okay. But you are settled in a place where people know you and care for you and watching out for you that you can, you're almost accountable we're accountable for one another someone said to me someone said to me and I think it's brilliant every Sunday text me and remind me to come and I said I'll do that I said I'll take a photo of my shoe I'll put some boots on and I'll take a photo of my boot and it can be like and I'll send the photo to you. Okay. And that's about direction and encouragement and motivation. There's a, a story of Oliver Cromwell. And Oliver Cromwell's got this big spear. And on this picture, he's got this big spear. And the, the, uh, he's got this spear. And he's jabbing one of his soldiers up the backside. And the guy's trying to this. And underneath it's written, Oliver motivating his soldiers. <laughs> Sometimes we all need motivating. Sometimes we let circumstances get to us. Sometimes we forget and we get under them a little bit, don't we? You know, sometimes it's difficult. But church is designed for us to be able to come together. Even if, and it's not this, you know, 
this, this is, is a multi-tooled uh, room. It's done for lots of different things. It becomes the church when you guys come. E57 can be a church if there are three or more people in there talking about Jesus. Where two or three are gathered, Jesus said, there I am in the midst. And where there's believers talking about him and he's there, it's church. We're the called out ones. We're the called out ones. There's a picture for that. I'll get to that in a minute. So, we're going to talk about church. We're going to talk about what church isn't. Why go to church? What church is? Church through the ages. The contemporary church. We'll be touching a little bit. And there's the church in the spirit. Who we are in the spirit. And I mentioned it. We're, we're called the body of Christ. And we're called the bride of Christ. We're, we're all a part of the bride of Christ. In, in Middle Eastern religion, in the Jewish tradition, it's not the groom who waits for the bride to come. It's the bride who waits for the groom to come. And we're the bride of Christ waiting for the groom to come. We're waiting for Jesus because Jesus is coming back. And for all of us who are sincere and born again and part of this body, the church, we will be taken off the earth. It's called rapture. Because we are part of Jesus. He's the head of the church. But there's a spiritual significance. The New Testament suggests that just because we're here and the Holy Spirit's in us, that means the Holy Spirit's on the earth. And the significance is that while he's here, he's holding back an amount of powers of darkness but there will be a time when the, the Holy Spirit is taken off the earth the church is raptured and lawlessness will break out the church is holding back lawlessness literally because of who's in us the Holy Spirit I'm, I, I just want to sow into you the significance of who you are the significance of what you're a part of. And you just come here on a Sunday at 5 o'clock or in the morning service. But there's a significance to what's happening 
here? What's happening in you and for you? What's happening in this neighbourhood is about a, a little bit about us. And what's happening nationally and globally? We've heard the David Cameron said that we're a Christian nation. What a load of rubbish. When the national church allows homosexual priests, what a load of rubbish. It's not scriptural. This is not Christian nation at all. You can't be a Christian unless you're born again. We're not on about morally respectable. We're not on about nice people who wouldn't swear or be kind or help old people look up the road. We're talking about a brand new creation. That's the only way, it's the only way that you can be a Christian. Just for the type. There's no other way a Christian can be a Christian unless they're born again. There's no such thing. It's just behaviour modification. It's just putting a set of clothes on, tidying yourself up, making yourself clean, and trying so hard to be nicer. But you're still dead. Because God didn't come to make bad people good he come to make dead people live and if we're not in Christ born again we're dead dead serving somebody else other than Jesus that we're called out we're called out for a reason. If you're not sure if you're born again, get born again. You need to be born again to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you're not born again, you're just doing good things that make you feel good, but there's no spiritual connection, no spiritual authority, no spiritual direction, no spiritual identity. If you're born in Arabia, in the middle of the Far East, you can be a native of that particular country, and the chances are you'll probably be Muslim. Born in China, you'll probably be Buddhist. In India, you could be Sikh or Muslim, or something else. But that's why these religions, especially Islam, seem to be growing, because they're born as a baby, and they've been stamped with the mark that they're that if you go and investigate you'll find most people are just not happy where they are they know there's something more than this and God throws out the gospel offers anyone to come and ask the questions come and investigate me come and talk about me come and listen and I will meet you at your point of need. 
God don't put the onus on man to go and find him. God doesn't put the onus on man to come and find him. Like every other religion on the face of the planet, he loves man so much that he came out searching for them. And history is all about what we've just discovered. Greater lovers though man than to lay down his life for his friends. No one took my life from me. I laid it down. And if I laid it down, Jesus said, I've got authority to take it back up again. And in doing that, he fulfilled salvation's plan and opened up the way so that there could be little Christians all over the world who had authority over Satan. Wow! He's defeated. So faith is a very personal choice for the individual and no force or power, no religion or ideology, no culture or nationality should have a greater power than personal choice. And we've chosen him. Have you chosen Jesus today? Is he Lord and Saviour? Is he rose from the dead? So we're rose from the dead as well. Jesus, amazing. Hallelujah. You know, God has gone to extraordinary lengths to get our attention. He's done miracles to bring life and miracles to bring healing to many and allowed his creation to beat him and make him an immense source of shame in order to win over the hearts and deceive an enemy. To break the back of religion and flood in the opportunity for relationship with God. In Corinthians it says, if the rulers of this age would have known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Should we get that? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians which. That's what you see this. Two, seven, and eight, which. One Corinthians two, verse seven and eight. You point it up, Richard. Well, light of the word there. Look, this is what it says. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for if they had known, they would have never 
crucified the Lord of glory. They would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Think about this. The enemy thought they were doing the world a favour by killing Jesus because he was the big problem. Mm-hmm. And what was happening was Satan was falling straight into the plan of salvation that was put in place before time began and was going to be crucifying what he thought was going to be the finish of the problem. He could wash his hands. But Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Introduction. We're part of the church now. We've been called out of the darkness. Called out of the darkness into his light. We are part of the body. First and foremost, here at the home of the faith. But we're a global church as well. And we're part, the church is the bride of Christ. That we're something that's been eternally in the plans. Eternally in the plans. Every single one of us specifically, specifically set, personally put in place by God. So we're going to come to church. We're going to give ourselves to the body. We give ourselves to the word. But I mean, the idea is that, according to the New Testament, is when the church got together, they just was already absolutely overflowing with life and love and joy, and they were meeting one another, speaking songs, singing and dancing, singing spiritual psalms and hymns, talking to one another, getting together and just motivating one another I mean hallelujah you should try and get to somewhere else in the middle of the week that can help you and keep you in the place of when I say somewhere else I mean we're trying to put on a meeting on a uh, a Tuesday where we really get some blessed word encouraging it a couple of hours and, and sometimes we don't get to the videos because we're too busy talking and, and just getting enjoying the word and just mm. taking everything and getting blessed don't we then mm. and then but we're strength, stronger for it we're blessed because of it Because if we're having a relationship with God, then meeting him for two hours as a body of people there on a Sunday afternoon, stroke evening, is going to be a struggle to keep us. Do you know what I mean? Keep this uh, relationship.
poignant and alive and, and happy. So we need to try and get together, meet in each other's homes and, like I said, increase, break bread, man. Enjoy him. Lift him up, put some music on and rejoice. And then, that's about three o'clock on a Sunday, then come, come to church at five and you can take the meeting. <laughs> the church is a group of like-minded people who know God to be real and have had an experience with him. New Christians are encouraged to learn to know God in an intimate way and over variable periods of time, depending on the individual, are encouraged to grow in the word by the Holy Spirit. Church should begin with, should be massively important for new Christians as your experience develops as a Christian you can talk and have conversations with each other and share them. When God does something in your life, the best thing is, don't keep it to yourself. Share it. Talk about it. Brag about him. Brag about him. You know, make some others jealous. Why aren't you doing it for me then? God's doing this for him and for doing that for her. And Why come he's not doing it for me? Oh, he wants to. Okay, I'm going to read one paper. This is who we are, okay. When people talk bad about you, take no notice. When people talk bad about you, take no notice. Don't take it personally. What I'm going to read to you now, definitely take it personally. Okay. One figure. I'll get there in a minute. One piece of two, Rich. Verses 4, actually from verse 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, I'm going to, <coughs> sorry to mess it up for you kid. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, this is you, as newborn babes, Desire the pure milk of the word. That you may grow. Thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Verse 4. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen and precious by God. You also, as living stones, are being built, are being built up into a spiritual house. A holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. Go back down to verse 9, Rich. 
1 Peter 2.9 It says this But you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his precious light. I'm going to go back to verse 9. Let's change the view. But I am a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I'm his own special person. That I might proclaim the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his precious light. You were called out already. You're special. You're a holy priesthood. You're priests. We're priests. Now, I'm not telling you what we might be feeling like. I'm just telling you some truth. Mm-hmm. This is the mirror that tells us who we are. This is the church with the holy priesthood. With the holy priesthood. On a Monday morning at 8 o'clock when you're getting ready, you're the holy priesthood. When the kids are driving you bonkers, you're the holy priesthood. When you're growling yourself and someone cuts you up in the road, that woman cuts you up in the road, you, you, you were a holy priesthood. We must let who we are take precedence over our circumstances. We must let, let, make sure who we are is something that we put at a heart level within us, that we believe, and that will determine things of the way we think and behave and how we work and move when we're talking with people and relating to people. We're priests. I didn't say religious. I'm saying we're loved and cared for. And we love and care. We're priests. God's chosen us. So that when we come against people who don't know him yet, we work to reconcile people. We're reconciling the world. Some of you was reconciled through me or John or through others. Because... We were doing that. We're reconciling, we're bringing people out of darkness. And whoever does that within this body, that the whole body's a part of it, because we're a part of the body, isn't it? We're all working together. Because we serve him in every capacity. Stuart said it a couple of times ago. Whatever we do, 
we do as unto the Lord whatever we do we do as unto the Lord every motive in our mind if we care about people we care for them with the care God's given us the ability to do and we care to look for them because they need care and the idea is that somehow through us God connects with the need wherever that need might be the music through the words and the music through the melody whatever that need might be but we us we're born again we're alive we, we, we have a certain amount of understanding and know that Jesus came and died perished buried resurrected alive forevermore and our future and our hope is beaming perfectly absolutely clear cannot fail because we're a part of the church say I'm a part of the church I'm a part of Jesus my real life is hidden in Christ in God I have died to this world and I'm alive to Jesus and I'm a part of the church the body of Christ the bride of Christ and a holy nation Amen God is good Thank you, Jesus. So just pray right now for us. Lord, that we give this uh, truth some thought. We check out your word. We give you some of the adoration of our heart because you deserve it. And you help us, Lord, in our steps, in our relationship with you. The reason why you've called me, the reason what you've invested in me, how I can serve you best, how I can do things that I can get glory to you, Lord, in the things that I do. And Lord, just make me aware of the needs of those around me who don't know you yet. That I can be the blessing. You bless me and I bless them. Lord, I give you praise and thanks (coughs) for the home of the free church. For the church nationally and globally who know you, who were born again, and see you exalted and highly lifted up Lord Jesus just pray Lord you direct us in the things and ways to come in these days thank you that you are our refuge and our strength we give you glory Lord